The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. And Jesus said to Judas, not Iscariot, those who love me will keep my word and my father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but is from the father who sent me. I have said these things to you while I am still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away and I am coming to you. If you love me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father, because the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you may believe. The Gospel of the Lord. Lord Christ. O Lord, may your word only be spoken, and may your word only be heard. In the name of Jesus Christ, the living word. Amen. The Holy Spirit will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. The Holy Spirit will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. That's a pretty far-reaching promise. The Christians who produced this gospel would likely have experienced the truth of this promise. They would have felt it embodied in their own lives. Otherwise, they wouldn't have put it on the lips of Jesus in this gospel. It seems the Christians who gathered around this gospel were in the process of a painful, painful separation from their ancient Jewish heritage and community. And this separation, of course, is echoed in the separation that is pending in the gospel story itself. Jesus is about to leave his band of followers, and they're feeling afraid. It was a frightened and anxious community gathered around Jesus at that table that night after the feet had been washed and the table cleared and the betrayer had left to prepare to do his work. It was a frightened and anxious community gathered around this gospel, not sure what will happen as they leave the synagogue that they had known, but certainly sure of the pain and alienation that they felt right at that moment. A frightened, anxious community, a frightened, anxious individual needs words of assurance, reassurance, fortifying words, words that strengthen knees and backs and hearts. And these words come from Jesus in the promise of the Holy Spirit. I will send you the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, who will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. We don't hear much about the Holy Spirit during the church year. We say four lines about her, four lines 
about her in the Creed every Sunday. In two weeks, we'll hear a bit more about her at the Feast of Pentecost. And we hear her name in the Trinitarian Blessing, which we often use at the end of the service. But otherwise, we don't really hear much about the Holy Spirit. Now, a word about my use of the pronoun she. In the Old Testament, the word for spirit is feminine. In the New Testament, the word for spirit is neuter. So, given the choice, it seems more reasonable to go with her or she than it. So, I hope that's not a stumbling block for you. There's another way of talking about the Trinity that we may have heard that describes a God who creates, a Son who redeems, a Spirit who sustains. Most of us, if not all of us, are in need of sustenance at some point in our lives. Sustenance that strengthens and encourages and reassures. Sustenance. And we may also have heard the Trinity talked about in terms of persons. The three persons of the Trinity. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. How might we be sustained by this Spirit, this person that Jesus promises to us. This person has a number of different names in the Bible stemming from varying translations of a couple of different Greek words. She's called the Paraclete. She's called the Holy Spirit. She's called the Advocate. She's called the Comforter. She's called the Helper. She's called the Spirit of Truth. She's called the Spirit of God. All these different names that describe in some way what she does for us. This morning, it's the word advocate, which is the Greek, sorry, the Greek underneath which is the noun paraclete, which literally means one who comes alongside. One who comes alongside. Someone who stands beside you. It's like the person who might stand up before you in front of an unjust judge if you're brought or if you're brought before a court undeservingly. You've done nothing wrong and here you are in trouble with the law. The advocate, the paraclete, stands beside you, stands up to the injustice. Or the paraclete is someone who might stand up to the bully in your school. Or maybe you have a bully in the office that you work with. The paraclete is one who would help you stand up to that. I was reminded about bullies reading this passage. It took me back to seventh grade when I was rescued from a ninth grader, a bully named Jeb. I was rescued by a senior named Keith. Keith was my paraclete. From that point on, Jeb left me alone. The Spirit is a comforter in the sense of strengthening rather than simply consoling. William Temple, who was the Archbishop of Canterbury in the middle of the last century, 
says the Holy Spirit as comforter means that we're made brave and strong by someone who is brave and strong standing right next to us. Right next to us. Bracing us. Rather than simply being in sympathy with us. Who shores us up. I was reminded of the time in high school. You can see where I've been the last few days. Middle school and high school. It's not a good time. I was reminded of the time in high school when during a period of great personal anxiety, I simply couldn't remember my lines for the character I was playing in the big school musical. I just couldn't remember them. And I was standing on the stage, an empty stage in the auditorium, trying to remember my lines. And Mrs. Imhoff says to me, Nick, I have a secret weapon that always works with remembering lines. Well, she never told me what that secret was. (laughs) But she didn't have to. Because simply the mention of it was enough to get me back on track, to stand straight and to get my brain engaged. Mrs. Imhoff was my paraclete. She was my paraclete. Now, these are small examples from my life, but I think the Spirit often works in small ways. We can expect her in those little bits and pieces of our lives and the people that we meet. But the manner of how the Spirit will be acting can definitely not be predicted. She's indirect. She surprises. She arrives unannounced. She moves especially through messy, messy, messy messes. I'm reminded again, sorry all this mess in my life, I keep bringing this up. I'm reminded of a particularly chaotic time in my life when I was making a move from Connecticut to Massachusetts and I had vastly, vastly overestimated the time I had to pack and grossly underestimated the time that I had to perform that task. I had less than 18 hours at that point until the moving van of the next tenant was to arrive along with her and definitely more than 18 hours of packing to go. And as she would have it, a legion of unexpected angels arrived with strong arms and strong backs and lots of donuts and sandwiches and coffee and they just moved me out of that place. I've been telling you my stories about where I see the Spirit at work, but I know that each one of you, if you thought for just a moment, could imagine that person or those people in your life who have been beside you, who have braced you, who have held you up at those times when you just didn't think you were going to stand. Maybe you're in a place like that right now. I know. And I want you to know that that person or people who are standing by you, that's the Holy Spirit in action. That is the Spirit who is sustaining. That is the Spirit who is teaching you what you need to know to get through what you need to get through. That's the Holy Spirit. On a bigger stage, I think that we can see the Spirit at work in the course of history, in the realms of history. I think it's the spirit that has made Christ's presence 
that has helped us to re-examine our attitudes about people of color, about women, sexual minorities, people on the outside. I think it's the spirit that has been leading us to re-examine our roles and our practices, especially, not only in the church, but in the wider society. The spirit leads in history, often leading us places where we initially do not want to go and leads in those places when there is mess. I believe that's true. Jesus says, the Spirit will teach you everything and guide you into all truth and declare to you things that are yet to come. Watch out. She's that spirit that keeps drawing us back here Sunday after Sunday. Being here as the spirit draws us here. And taking what happens in here out there. Is one of the best ways to be open to the spirit. We're reminded week after week of who Jesus is. And what he may be trying to teach us through the spirit and what we still may need to learn. I will teach you everything, says the Spirit, and remind you of all that Jesus says and lead you into a whole lot more besides. Thanks be to God for the Spirit. Amen.